Hi guys, it's Elizabeth St. John. And it's Joelle St. John here. It's Black History Month. Black History Month. You guys yeah. thought we weren't going to talk about it? Right? <laughs> Crazy. But um, yeah, we got we to gotta say something. It's Black History Month. We got to talk about the issues in the community, man. So this week we are discussing the infamous topic. Is Christianity the white man's religion? The white man's religion. Is it? Is it the religion of the colonizer? Is it? Should black people worship white Jesus? White, not just white Jesus. White baby Jesus. White baby Jesus. White baby (laughs) fragile Jesus. Does it not oppress us as black people, as the black race? What are your (sighs) thoughts on this? Man, honestly, uh, I... Well, we'll get into it, but I, I definitely think now it's, I think anybody that says it, I think at a one time, I think it might have given a bit more leeway because the research wasn't as out there. Mm. But now with the, just the sheer amount of research and history that is available at the click of a button, I do think it's a pretty ignorant statement now, to be honest. Um, I think it just shows that you, is you probably heard it seen on social media or you heard it like 15 years ago and yeah. you just, you just use it as an excuse now. So yeah, is is Christianity the white man's religion? Uh, absolutely, and both in caps, N-O, no. It is not the white man's religion. So if, if, if we're going to break down, babes, because uh, mm-hmm. we're both pretty, pretty well-versed in, in Christianity and blackness and all that stuff, so... If we were going to say why we disagree, I think I'll probably break it down into three hmm. sections and then we'll probably go through it. So, yeah, that sounds good. So the first section would be why we disagree is Christianity was historically originated in the Middle East, obviously. Yeah. Uh, it was cult and it was cultivated in North and East Africa and Asia. That's yeah. the first reason. Second reason is what was passed on, especially with the slave Bible, was not scripture but it was a mutilated portion of it. Mm -hmm. It's number two. And number three is the faces of Christianity in the world now are BIPOC. Yeah. Right. So let's, let's, let's let's, dig into those points. I know for some people, um, yeah, I think that in our culture being on, you know, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Mm -hmm. it's easy for people to come up with, catchy phrases and and catchy ways to you know pull down someone argument or shame someone and just be like oh well you know you're just submitting to you know white patriarchal systems found in christianity and just throw around stuff like that at -hmm. least from what i've seen but it's a lot harder to actually do your research and understand how vast and multi-ethnic, multi-racial, multicultural Christianity has been from its very inception. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not even arguing that Christianity is a quote-unquote black religion. Exactly. We're just saying that Christianity was meant for every race, every ethnicity, Um and that God used people of every race and every ethnicity to further the gospel. Yeah, beautiful. 
Yeah. And I agree with that. So let's let's dig into the first one. So our first point is Christianity was historically originated in the Middle East and cultivated in North and East Africa. Um, no, North and East Africa and Asia. So mm-hmm. I think the easiest one we can probably talk about is the story in Acts. Yeah. <laughs> That's in the Bible itself. Yeah. When uh, Philip um, ran up on the Ethiopian eunuch. Yeah. So the Ethiopian eunuch was reading Isaiah 53. Mm-hmm. So when he was reading through it, um, yeah, he, Philip heard, no, oh, he's reading about this. Oh, in case you don't know, Philip is one of the 12 disciples of Jesus. Mm-hmm. He heard the Ethiopian eunuch reading it, and mm-hmm. he said, do you understand the things that they read? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're reading right now. And he explained it and explained how that Isaiah 53, Isaiah was looking at this picture of Jesus, mm-hmm. and the Ethiopian eunuch is like, okay, well, What's stopping me from being baptized? Let's like I'm ready to go. Yeah. So interesting is when I've done my research on the Ethiopian eunuch, m- many people just limit that limit the Ethiopian eunuch to Ethiopia. Mm. But realistically, at that time, just like most, uh, we can say colonizers, mm-hmm. right? They use their language to box people or to describe people. Mm. So uh, Ethiopians can mean people from Ethiopia, and even itself, Ethiopia is a, Rom- a Roman name. Mm. Their actual name is Axum. Mm. But uh, the word Ethiopian was meant for the place, but it's also meant to describe someone. And, the, the like, Ethiopian literally means burnt-faced one. Mm. So it's, like, someone that is obviously dark, dark in complexion. Yeah. So I think that's one of the first examples in the scriptures mm. that it wasn't just limited to uh, Romans or, or Europeans. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was intentionally and obviously, and the scriptures shown that it was meant to open the doors to everybody. Yep. Uh, what do you think about that? What I find interesting about that is when I was doing some research for an article I was writing, I wrote an article for my work. I work for a Christian organization uh, and it's called, it was just about the early African church and the contributions that they made to Christianity. And yeah, when I was reading up some stuff, typically people have said that the first Christian country or nation was Armenia. Uh, That's been, you know, for a while, just a publicly accepted first Christian nation. But when you look at some of the research that's coming up and the more discoveries they made, um, there are a lot of people arguing that it's actually Ethiopia. That was the first Christian nation before Armenia. Uh, so, and both before Rome, y'all. Yeah, both before both Rome. Both before Rome. And they do this, you know, by looking at um, artifacts of just like churches that were alive then and, and you know, different text things that they're finding. But that's something I find found super interesting that most people don't even know. Uh, one of the the first Christian nations could very well be an African Christian nation. It's true. And many, yeah, we don't talk about that. Yeah, we don't. And I and I think uh shout out to some amazing people in this field. Um I'll shout this person out, you know what? God willing, maybe he can even come on the, the podcast. Dr. Vince Bantu. This guy's doing some amazing 
work when it comes to this kind of thing because he's he's digging into that portion of church history that uh, especially in, from a Western perspective, mm-hmm. we don't have a lot of people digging into that right yeah. Le- learning the language and um, looking at the you know original texts and those yeah. th- he, like no one's really doing that and he's a person that's doing that and not just keeping it in academia yeah. but he's bringing it out for the lay people so so they can see what's going on mm-hmm. so yeah that's that's huge and another thing I would say is um, which is a pretty cool point I think it's like again that's in the people in academia talk about it and know yeah. about it but uh, John Mark hmm. now if you know about the gospel of according to Mark um, people would just say, oh, Mark wrote it. But yeah. here's the thing. Mark wrote it, but the person's voice mm-hmm. that's being that's talking through his pen is Peter, mm. right? But what's interesting about John Mark, he is Jewish, but he's from the Jewish diaspora. Mm. So he grew up in North Africa, mm-hmm. right? So he experienced a lot of what you would have called African culture in that time. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I did my reading on it, I thought it was so interesting um, that there's just this nuance there because I think a lot of people that are black couldn't understand the whole concept of the diaspora that it's um, yeah, people are black, but they, they, they are in different parts of the world and they have their different flavors. So it's interesting to hear uh, John Mark writing down translating what peter is saying yeah. um and organizing his thoughts from someone that has lived um, in and among africans yeah that's something i think we don't talk about but mm-hmm. that's huge and he also john mark did come to egypt and plant one of the first churches yeah. there mm-hmm. right uh, the coptic church so mm-hmm. i think that's something that we should keep in mind that someone that wrote the gospel knew somebody like like one of Jesus' closest disciples yeah. went and planted the church. So came from Africa, yeah. went, interacted with disciples, went, came back to the continent of Africa yeah. and planted a church. I think that's pretty cool information. What, what do you think about that, babes? Yeah, 100%. Like that's something that's, it's part of the Bible and we don't even know that. Mm-hmm. Like that's a such a huge part that's often left out. Another person that comes to my mind is, and you were the one that told me about this, is Athanasius. Mm-hmm. Um, and Athanasius was an early church father from around uh, AD 296 to 373. And he was just like, a super smart guy. He mm-hmm. was he was known as being pretty aggressive, pretty straightforward, very blunt. Um, and if you're to Google Athanasius right now, you'd probably see a picture that looks like an old white man, European white man with a long beard. Mm-hmm. But Athanasius was actually called by his enemies the Black Dwarf hmm. because he was short and black. <laughs> and just a reminder, this is not the 1700s. This is 296 AD, exactly. 296 years after Christ, right? So this short black man who's a theologian, really punchy guy, what he's known for and what we can thank this black theologian for is for his defense of the deity of Jesus Christ. Because mm-hmm. at the time, uh, there was a really common heresy going around, and it's popular now, uh, 
the the heresy of Arianism mm-hmm. that says that Jesus was a created being and not necessarily God, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, Athanasius defended that at the Council of Nicaea. He fought against it. He wrote profusely about um, the deity of Jesus Christ and why that is so important. And um, yeah, the fundamentals of our faith. So he was big for Christian orthodoxy and mm. Christian tradition uh, and has a lot of great writing out there. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's something so important, you know, um, and Jesus was Middle Eastern. Mm-hmm. We know that. Scriptures talked about it. Judea, like, guys, Middle East, just basic geography. But I do think what's pretty interesting is a lot of these guys that were hammering out what the Christian faith actually is. Yeah. Uh, defending the faith from heresy. And and just for y'all, if y'all don't know what heresy is, is essentially meaning something that's contrary to orthodoxy. Mm-hmm. So it's like if it's there's an orthodox belief that is true, that is that this is what it is, someone mm-hmm. that comes up with something different, it's known as heresy yeah. or, or um, deemed as heresy. Yeah. So it's I think it's pretty interesting that the birthplace of Christianity mm-hmm. was birthed out of mm-hmm. the Middle East, mm-hmm. but it was hammered out and protected in birth. Yeah. And, 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 and grown and grown matured. in Africa. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of what people might know today as Orthodox Christianity. So when you start hear things about the Trinity, yeah, that was hammered out by Africans. Yeah. When you hear about, you know, for some of the reform peeps, when you hear about predestination, yeah. you know, penal substitute, these kind of things, they were hammered out mm-hmm. by dark-skinned African people. And I think that's something that we should keep in mind Mm -hmm. when we we hear, is is Christianity a white man's religion? It's like, eh, no, it's it's inception and the ideology didn't come from the quote-unquote powerful white male that Mm -hmm. people like to throw around or the patriarchy or whatever name we're throwing out for them. It Mm -hmm. was hammered out by people that we would consider quote-unquote visible minorities Mm -hmm. and i think that's something to keep in mind yeah um another thing is uh the oldest churches now of course the roman catholic church is old Mm -hmm. but some things that are just as old or older than that is the eastern orthodox church and the ethiopian church yeah as you talked about yeah right these are the eastern orthodox church north africa um and into like the east yeah eastern asia and of course the ethiopian that's just going a bit south of that but these are very old very old churches yeah that have spanned back thousands of years and i think we should give them their due yeah um because i think when we have a western mindset it's like white is right or mm-hmm. or, or or west is right yeah so we look at it from th- that glasses yeah but guys there's there's christians that have been catechized and discipled by, in, a, in a line, and they can trace themselves right back just a few years outside of Jesus. Yeah. And, like, those people exist on the planet. Yeah. And uh, we should give them their due and also research them that we can get a better, more holistic understanding of what Christianity is in the world. Yeah. Anything before we jump into the next topic? All I have to say is whitewashed. But... <laughs> We already know that, so let's get to the next point. Next point, I think um, we can probably do some digging in is uh, what was passed on, especially when it comes to the Atlantic slave trade, uh, was was the slave Bible. 
and it was not scripture. It was a mutilated portion of it. Yeah. So here's some key points. Um, the slave Bible, it excludes any port, any portion of the text that might inspire rebellion or liberation. Mm. Right. So the official name that they have of the quote unquote slave Bible was uh, parts of the Holy Bible selected for the use of the Negro slaves in the British West India islands. And this was published in 1807. Mm. And about 90% of the, of the old Testament, what we would call the Protestant canon or the 66 books, 90% of that was missing. And 50% of the new Testament was missing. Mm. So in total, there's like a thousand, so one thousand one hundred and eighty-nine yeah. chapters in a standard Protestant Bible, mm. right? This Bible only had two hundred and thirty-two. Mm. Wow! So, so that shows you how much they actually chopped out. Or um, we know the sixty-six books, Genesis to Revelation, in the Protestant Bible, and the Roman Catholic version. You know, they have a big, uh, a bigger. Canon, 73 books, and the Eastern Orthodox uh, translation has 78 books. Mm. By comparison, mm-hmm. the Slave Bible has only 14 books. Wow. That's crazy. So what, just, just based on that information, what do you think about that? Isn't that kind of crazy? Hey guys, it's Elizabeth St. John here. We are so excited that you decided to take time out of your day to join in on our conversations. In case you didn't know, one of my absolute favorite things to receive are podcast recommendations from my friends. I get so pumped when a friend shares a gem of a podcast with me because now I can listen to it while driving, cooking, or just going on a long walk. Why not be that amazing friend and share this episode with someone you know would go crazy over the topic? Not only are you guaranteeing some deep chats together after they listen, but you're also helping us by giving us something better than a five-star review. You're giving a real-life recommendation. Nothing beats that. So why not hit that share button, spread the love, and help keep the conversation going? Yeah, I think I think it's obviously heartbreaking. Um I think of what is in so many of those parts that is removed and how that would have actually influenced and changed the people that were receiving that. Um and yeah, at the end of the day the people that remove that out of the Bible, the slave masters that fed that to people, they're going to have to answer to God for manipulating and twisting and deducing God's word for their own gain. That's yeah. really what it is. Yeah, it's sad. It's, yeah, a lot. <laughs> a lot of it was, um, yeah, a lot of it was taken out. Um, and here's some portions of scripture that, I'll read that were taken out and you can hear some of the color of, or at least the topics that were taken out and interesting what they left in. So yeah. Galatians 3 to uh, 28, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free man. There is no male and female. You are all one in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Another one is Jeremiah twenty two thirteen. 13. Woe to him who builds his house without righteousness and his upper rooms without justice. 
who uses his neighbor's services without pay and does not give him his wages. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another one. He who kidnaps a man, whether he sells him or he is found in his hand, shall be, surely be put to death. Exodus twenty one fourteen. These yeah. were all removed. Yeah. Yeah. And here's something that they kept, which is interesting. Ephesians 6, 5. Slaves, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling and the integrity of your heart as to Christ. Yeah. That's what they kept. Now, here's what's interesting about this. Um, some, this is some quick understanding of scripture, guys. Um, or understand, actually, this is just to understand anything that you read. Mm. Here's a keyword, context. Mm-hmm. If you remove that much from the scriptures, yeah. when you, someone reads it, when you read the scriptures and you read what this verse means in, this, in the light of the book, in terms of Ephesians and the chapter of uh, chapter six in Ephesians and the New Testament and the whole scriptures. Yeah. This makes sense in context. Yeah. Right. Don't need to explain that. Like maybe if we do a Bible study or something, we'll do that. But they kept that. Mm-hmm. So it's in, you can tell it was intentional. Yeah. That we would remove things that would inspire. Right. We would remove things that shows the heart of God in yeah. justice. Yeah. And equality. But we're going to keep things about slaves. Right. So once you remove the historical context and the scriptural context, and of course you, it's easy to weaponize these kind of scriptures yeah. to keep people bound. Yeah. You know, exactly. So something pretty interesting about that. And I think we need to keep this in mind, guys, when you read the scriptures, you're reading the heart of God towards humanity. And when you are reading the heart of God towards humanity, when you read it through, you, you hear something totally different. You read something totally different yeah. than, of course, what these people were getting. To them, is just we're just people that are meant to be in servitude to these people. Mm-hmm. Uh, one. Two, it also shows that the people that created this, that mangled the Holy Scriptures mm-hmm. in this kind of way, yeah. To 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 weaponize it and to enslave it. First of all, it just shows you how much you got to hack out of the scriptures. Exactly. To feed to a to a uh, uh, to an enslaved people. Yeah. You have to hack out damn near 90 90 percent of the <laughs> of scriptures. The Bible. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of one day maybe like putting together just just to get people's minds going, but an article on how you would actually have to take care of a slave if you were to follow exactly all the rules that the Bible puts in place. Mm -hmm. And you tried to like mix in the cultural time of like the early Israelites and just how nonsensical it would like the transatlantic slave movement. um, Slave trade would never have happened if they were actually following the Bible. Like that's just what it is when you actually look at scripture. Like period. Um, <laughs> Period, I also guys. think of the book of Philemon because I'm pretty sure that, yeah, that book was, was removed from yeah. the slave Bible. And the book of Philemon is a story in the Bible about a Christian man that owns a slave at that time. Yeah. And what happens when his slave runs away? Yes. Very interesting that they removed that from the Bible because when you actually read that story and what Paul is saying to Philemon in the scriptures, you really understand how even 
the construct of slavery falls apart mm-hmm. at its heart when yeah. the gospel is introduced. Exactly. So yeah. Um, we can we, let's 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 probably jump to the third point. Um, and the third point we would say is the faces of Christianity in the world are BIPOC. What Christianity looks like now is not white people. Yeah. Right. So in the 1900s, over 80% of Christians lived in Europe and North America. And now it's predicted that it will, it would likely fall below 30% before 2050. Mm-hmm. And also according to an, uh, 2018 study by the Gordon Corn, uh, sorry, Conwell yeah. uh, Theological Seminary, uh, more Christians live in Africa than any other continent. With 631 million Christians. Yeah. Yeah. And by 2060, four in 10 Christians are expected to live in sub-Saharan Africa. Yeah, that's by Pew Research. I think that last stat is, you have to understand that. By 2060, right? So we're in 2022. Yeah. That is less than 40 years from now. Yeah. Four in 10 Christians are going to be living, are estimated to be living in sub-Saharan Africa. 40% of Christians. Mm-hmm. 40%. Like, that is crazy to think of. Yep. So, this whole idea that it's the white man's religion, it's only white men, Chris, the face of Christianity is changing rapidly. Yes. A Christian is more likely to be, as you said, a BIPOC person than they are to be a European now. Yeah. Christianity is actually declining in Europe and North America at staggering rates. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's growing in the global south. So... <laughs> it was funny when you start dividing things. I think it was Tim Keller that was talking about it. Um, when you actually start dividing up people into by like their denominations, mm. there's more people like like there's more Anglicans outside of mm. England than there are in England. Wow. Like when you start thinking about that. Yeah. You know, like like the amount of Pentecostals. Yeah. Like, there are more Pentecostals outside of the U.S. now yeah. than in the U.S. Yeah. So it's like, again, like, the, 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 the narrative yeah. has never been true. Yeah. Of course, when it probably seemed to be true is very much a warped idea. Yeah. Right? And the future, right, Christianity looks brown. Yeah. Black and brown people and uh, Asian people, that's where the the growth of Christianity is going. Yeah. Um, I think this what makes killing this narrative, uh, well, this is the reality. I, again, and I'll, I said it at the beginning, I'll say it again. Mm. If you still are saying this, you are officially not well read. Yeah. Officially. <laughs> Like you, you're a f- yeah. officially so. You're fake news. Yeah, you're fake news officially. <laughs> you know, like, of course we can say it was always fake news, but mm-hmm. with the amount of research out there and just yeah. what's obvious, like think about it. Uh, people were talking about, oh, you know, the the white men were sen- sending colonizers and missionaries down. Do you know, like, that's what's happening right now? Like. Mm-hmm. Africa, continents in Africa and Asia and the Middle East, they're sending missionaries here. Which we need more of. Yeah. (laughs) Like, we're the nation 
that's actually steadily declining and our churches are closing. Yep. We need what they have. Yeah. And it's, these guys are passionate. And the reality is, um, and I don't want to get too sidetracked, but like we got some time. So like, let, let's just go. And I'm, the, the, the westernized idea of what Christianity is, mm-hmm. that's also dying. Yeah. Right. So it's that. As you said, that white Jesus. Yeah. Um, you once you become a Christian, your life gets better. Mm. Um, this exclusive, an exclusivity of um, the way to behave as a Christian. Yeah. Means you're you're acting. There's a whiteness to your behavior. Yeah. Or a white acceptability to your behavior. Yeah. Like all those narratives are done now. Yeah. Right. The reality is, if you want to be like, if you want to be Christian, most times you're probably going to be a Pentecostal right now. Yeah. Right? Because that's the, like, charismatic Christianity is the fastest one growing. Mm. Um, and the contextualization of the gospel when it goes into a community and it's not just like, oh, do exactly what the quote-unquote white colonizer do mm-hmm. th- does. Like, that's done. That yeah. narrative is, is dead. It's just not happening. Mm. Um, because the reality is the gospel has grabbed hold in these communities and they're growing uh, in a unique way that is not looking like the um, Europe iteration or the mm-hmm. westernized iteration. Now, I, we, especially in Africa, like yeah. we, we're definitely seeing um, influences mm-hmm. of that westernized gospel. But I think uh, when I was listening to N.T. Wright, great theologian and author, mm-hmm. um, he was talking about how, um, he was talking with a pastor from Uganda and they were discussing how um, Europe and America kind of went through their phases of, okay, there's a boom and then there's like theology has to catch up and, and kind of mm-hmm. guard what's going on. Yeah. Right. The beautiful thing is now with uh, where the continent of Africa is, there's this boom of spirituality and awareness of Jesus and the yeah. Holy Spirit. But I think because of this, the the great wealth of resources online with theology, I think yeah. slowly but surely there's going to become these guardrails that come up to make sure that it's steady. Mm. Right. And I think they're going to, they're going to find again, their roots yeah. of, of mothering and guarding the faith. Like they did, you know, back with a Athanasius. And yeah. so I think, I think it, Christianity is in an interesting spot now because it's just totally changing. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. I'm just, I think that was such a great way that you put it. It was, it's super encouraging to hear that as an African, um, as a Nigerian, it's super encouraging to hear that. And yeah, I'm excited to see what the church is going to look like 20 years from now, Mm -hmm. 30 years from now, God willing. And to know that, okay, yes, even though the, you know, the face of the church is changing and it's no longer quote European or what have you at the end of the day, God is building his church. Exactly. Right. And it's in his control. And even with what we learned about the slave Bible and the whitewashing of the early church fathers, early church leaders of the early African church, it's like no one really hears about the Ethiopian church. Right. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what it shows us is that at its root, the attempt 
to whitewash the attempt to oppress and enslave with the Bible was all of the enemy's plan to push a group of people from fully coming to accept and to know Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. That's really what it was. Cause we see it now we have, um, he, you know, Hebrew Israelite stuff that's popping up. Yeah. We have, you know, people going into, uh, what's that specific sect of Islam called that I know someone tried to pull you into. Remember? You mean the nation of Islam? Yes, the nation no, of Islam. No one tried to pull me into the nation Anyways, of Islam. Anyways, you had a conversation with someone that was trying to tell you how you were worshiping white Jesus, remember? Yes, and yes. you were part of the nation of Islam. So, yeah. yes. Um, there's a lot of black people that are going into things like that. They're, mm-hmm. they're completely rejecting it, picking up... Um, traditional African religions or going into nation of Islam, all of those things because blackness has been divorced from Christianity Mm -hmm. because Christianity has been painted to be seen as this thing that has, that is at its core oppressive to black people. Um, And I think that's just, that was the enemy's plan all along, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And it's important that we speak truth we speak facts. We speak the word of God to be like, no, God's heart from Genesis to Revelation has been to redeem and reconcile people of all people, humans of all people groups, all ethnicities back to himself mm-hmm. because it glorifies him to yeah. see diversity. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um I, I think that, the, yeah, you summed it up, Gray. I think the difficult part is um, the pain because of lack, the, the lack of black digni- dignity. I think mm-hmm. that's just difficult yeah. when you have conversations with people. Um, and I think everyone can understand, you know, when, when you're in pain or uh, you're just not in the best space, yeah. uh, you can see the truth uh plain as day but uh yeah you ain't you're not touching it you're not buying it because yeah. just uh it might not solve the pain or maybe there's just too much of a bias there yeah um and i and i think the biggest thing is just understanding the context of the scriptures yeah, right these exactly. weren't these weren't white people yeah like it, it's in the bible like when i mentioned the story story of philemon that was not a white guy yeah <laughs> it was a middle eastern person exactly right? Um, and I, I think that's something we really need to start, uh, wrestling through, right. Whether you're, you're black, you're you're white, Asian, uh, Aboriginal, wherever you are, uh, I think we need to start thinking through wrestling through, um, the truth of what the scripture claims and, and looking into history and seeing what history claims. Yeah. And and start changing our minds about our ideas about what Christianity should look like, mm. what it does look like. Mm-hmm. Um, even people of different cultures, you know, um, I remember Dr. Vince Bantu was doing a talk about um, early Christianity and like just having some talking about some ancient letters um, when the gospel started moving into parts that are just sub of Ethiopia. Mm. And they talked about how uh, they, as Africans, used animal masks Mm. and they used um, 
the drums and their clothing mm. as ways to worship Yahweh, the one true God. Mm. And I was like, oh, man, that's beautiful. Yeah. But I think because, again, it goes back to that dignity. It's like uh, nothing of cultures that doesn't resemble westernized slash Europeanized um, flavorings yeah. If it's not that, it's demonic. Mm. And I and I think what we need to do is uh, lean into what the scripture says. It there it redeems it yeah. through 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 the 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 life, the 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 workings, the miracles, um, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's a brand new way to be human. Yeah. And I think once we lean into the story of the gospel that's presented. It doesn't present a European gospel. No. It doesn't, you know, show a, a liberal gospel or a conservative gospel or a westernized gospel. It's it's a it's it's the truth that Jesus is King, and there is a new way to be human that is beautiful, yeah. and it and it restores the beauty that was already there that was being used for darkness. It's being it can be used for beauty and light and, 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 and worship of God and love of your neighbor. Yep. And I think us appreciating that and making space for those things. Yeah. I think that's, what's going to help us get to that right place and quote unquote, be on the right side of history. Cause the yeah. reality is, you know, it, it might not look like cathedrals yeah. and Gregorian choirs, Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's the way it looked when it hit Europe, mm-hmm. you know, and that's fine. They contextualized their worship. Yeah. Style. Yeah. They contextualized it yeah. for themselves. But then there was also the contextualization when you went to the Coptic church, like yeah. even like if you look at their crosses, it looks different. It's different. And, um, I, I think that was the fatal flaw, um, in that time was just that lack of contextualization and Christians nowadays thinking through these things, it's like we can't make that same mistake. Yeah. Like if you do not worship God this way, singing these songs, um, you know, doing certain practices in your service like we do it, yeah. um, I think we'll miss the boat. Yeah. Um, and it's just we're just going to try to replicate a Western gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might look like, you know, Western liberal gospel. Yeah. You know, of of like heavy social justice and whatever and, and uh, a distrust for authority or yeah. vice versa on the conservative side. That's not the gospel of Jesus. Yeah. You know, the, the, it's a whole different. It's a different message. Yeah. And I think us as Western people, we tend to do that. And we're it's so easy. It's like if it doesn't look like westernized uh, North American democracy with our what we think is right and what we think is wrong. And if it doesn't look like this, sound like this, act like this, dress like this, look like this, smell like this, taste like this, yeah. it's wrong. Um, and that's just not the kingdom of God. Exactly. That's just not what God was looking for. Yeah. That's good, babes. That's good. Um, scripture that comes to my mind that I think we can end off with uh, is just uh, from Revelation 7, verse 9, that I think is a really beautiful reminder of God's heart for when we're when we're all going to be worshiping him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is So, yeah, Revelation 7, verse 9 says... After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, 
from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried, cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all, <laughs> black is beautiful. Everyone's beautiful because we're made in the image of God. Yeah. So happy Black History Month. Happy Black History Month, guys. Until next time. Love y'all. Peace. Bye.